Hi, everyone. Welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit is what I would say if that was the podcast I was doing. Oh, don't get people's hopes up. I'm not. Okay, let's redo it. I, I was, I was, I did a total blank. I was on vacation mode, Ryan. Let's do this again. Okay. It's all standing. Start over. Erase. What? Nothing. <laughs> all right. Welcome, everyone. Wait, no, let me do this again. This is, this is, I'm off my game, Ryan. You've thrown me off. All right, here we go. Let's do it right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Dungeons and Diapers. It's been a while. You look tired. Come on in and and join. Sit down by the fire and join the end. God damn it! I'm I'm getting I'm getting your podcast mixed up, Ryan. I will. This is the Dungeons and Diapers one, right? Yes, this is one where we we talk about you going to Mexico and uh, I stayed at home and had a, a cherry coke. So that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Actually, that is why I'm so excited today, Ryan. I have a lot. I'm actually drinking a coffee, and I think it's it's time of recording here, like how eight eight thirty on a Friday. I probably don't need this coffee, but the reality is that I'm feeling kind of sluggish, and I know that this is going to be a big episode. And honestly, Ryan, I'm still kind of on Mexican time uh, because I was away in uh, in Mexico on March break, which, Ryan, I will tell you, one of the appeals of going to this Mexico where we were going was that it was in the same time zone. Well, you know what Canada did just before I left? The day before I left, they changed the time. Mexico didn't. They were nice. But Canada changed the time. And so then I'm an hour off the whole time. And when I came back this week, we're like dealing with daylight savings time. I mean, a week late, I guess. But uh, damn Canada. I blame them, not Mexico. They're nice. Well, there's a whole song about that, so yeah, it's true. You're in good company. Um, well, you know what? It is. It is great that you're back. It's good that you're having a coffee. Uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. joking. Have you? Um, have you had this? I know you're a big fan of like the Coke Zero and the Pepsi Max, the the Maxes and Zeros of the of the yep. Coke and Pepsi brand. Have you had? I guess they have uh, different flavors of Coke Zero now. It's like a cherry, a cherry Coke. Uh, yeah, you good. know what's funny about that is is like um. They bring back flavors and then they dis- they disappear. I remember, like in two thousand three or four, I was working at La Ronde in in Montreal, and Coke Vanilla was the big thing, like Vanilla yeah. Coke. It was back, and they were pushing it, and they were saying all this great sort of stuff. It's like huge marketing push, and then it just goes away. And and it's funny because they they've got this cherry Coke or whatever uh, that's been around before. And like I've seen some of the marketing for it this time, and it makes me laugh because they pretty much say, "This time for real." Um, <laughs> like, like they're we're not going to break your heart this time. This time we're going to be around forever. But oh. I, I am pretty confident that the luster is going to come off the rose, and cherry coke will be bye bye again. So drink it while you got it, Ryan. Well, I uh, I look forward to that, and um. Before we jump into the dungeons, uh, Crofton, I, I did. Oh, it's a heavy show. I should tell people right now, like I'm drinking this coffee because we got a heavy show. Like I'm looking at our show notes. There's a ton of stuff. We've missed an episode. I started thinking, man, I'm not going to talk about X or Y or whatever. But I decided, no, I'm going to talk about it all. So uh, brace yourself, Ryan, and brace yourself, listeners. 
Okay, well, again, before we do all of those And before Ryan does his... No, I'm just... Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> okay, look at, it, look at it this way. Okay, so uh, return of uh, the Crofted side of Core for those folks at home who may or may not listen to Core, which is a gaming podcast uh, that Crofton's friend Bo is on. Uh, they'll often refer to Crofton as if he's in the room, which he is not. Um so uh, without further ado, we'll we'll get to the Crofton side of core. What about what's his um, name? Um, uh, Crofton. Cro- Crofton. He's got some. All right, Crofton. Uh, these clips are from Core three five two, and uh, they're they're good stuff. They're good stuff. So here's the first one here, and it's 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 not specifically about Crofton. It's about it's a Michael clip. So this is like the Michael side of core. But I figure Michael's not here, so you can kind of speak for Michael. So um, here we go. Did you see that um, riding around that interview with uh, I can't think of his name um, Nick Offerman Nick Offerman the game that got him out of gaming <laughs> yeah the game the yeah. game that made him quit gaming because he spent two weeks in Banjo Kazooie and realized that all that time just poofed and he said I can't do this and he quit yeah and he wasn't even yeah. negative about it he was just like I can't it was he he, he basically said it was a me thing I can't do that again I mean yeah. he suffered from a Michael Hodgins that's yeah yeah okay so. He suffers from Michael. So Michael Hodgins. So your friend. It Does sounds he say like he anything played else after that. You just uh, cut it. Yeah, yeah. He kept going. It was. Uh, it was. It, I think he kept going. It was, they were talking about how Michael. Uh, they got a switch for for the kid, and uh, they've been playing. Okay. He's been back playing video games. But like, I was curious about this one. This one, I I didn't know the whole story. But um, it sounds like maybe he played a game and it it it, it burned him, and he. So nobody. Nobody questioned Bo on this. They just let him say some random thing and keep going. That's weird. I feel like maybe this story had been told in an earlier core, and I just, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Bo, Mike, and I did a show called Good, Bad, or Bullshit together, and we're three longtime friends. I know Mike very well. So Mike is, uh, you know, (laughs) he's he's a bit of what you would imagine uh, a little bit what Ron Swanson or Nick Offerman, I guess for that matter, would be in real life, like kind of a outdoorsy uh, dude, d- has a lot of hobbies, a lot of, a lot of different things. But for a long time in, in university and in, in high school, he was a video gamer like us. He was big into games. Uh, but he lived by himself in the country and, uh, you know, suffered from a little bit of social isolation as many of us do and at this time mmos were at the height of their popularity like world of warcraft was about to roll out or had rolled out um you know we were playing the original planet side which is fun at the time and and i really enjoyed uh but mike got into final fantasy 11 which is uh the first final fantasy that was an mmo and just absolutely dumped countless hours in it uh especially for him i think like comparatively to other people it wouldn't really be that much i've seen some of the play times bo has on like diablo 3 and others and my head's almost span off but like i he's he put in a lot of time and sort of he was not very happy during that time and so when he looks back at it now he he is he you know like rightly or wrongly conflated final fantasy 11 and overplaying a video game with being miserable essentially um and so uh so he was off of video games didn't touch them really for many many years following that uh and you know strive to get his entire life in order and 
definitely did so and all of this. And so now he's back to playing games. He does it a lot with us and, and sometimes by himself. But you can still see he's being burnt by it and is very like, you know, we'll say, hey, you know, Mike, Witcher 3, that's a really good one. You should you just play that solo. It's got a great story, all these side quests. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't think I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I, I've seen it. Um, over and over, and I think Bo has as well. So we know that he's been he's been burnt, and you know I, I absolutely know no judgment there. Uh, but it was definitely Final Fantasy Eleven, which was his Banjo Kazooie, which makes a little bit more sense than Banjo Kazooie. No <laughs> offense, Nick Offerman. Yeah, well there you go. That's uh, that's uh, I I do appreciate you filling me in. I did not know that. So there you go, listeners. Now you know. Now I know. Uh, this, uh, this next clip is a, a little bit longer and I am, I'm not going to cut it because it is, it is, it is about Crofton. I figured Crofton would let it slide cause it's about him. So, uh, here we go. Absolutely. Can I, can I tell a, a cute story too about games. Yeah. Of course. Um, Crofton, you know, when snap came out, he's into Marvel. He doesn't, he hates trading card games. So he's actually playing and we talk about it and his, uh, I don't know how old she is. I think she's eight or nine. His eldest daughter. Uh, oh, I should mention that uh, part of this story was told on on this year podcast as well. But uh, there's some details that I think maybe are worth bringing back up. So here we go. You know, like he likes to play games with her. They play all kinds of Switch games together, and they started playing Snap together. Crofton can't beat his nine year old daughter at Snap, <laughs> 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 which is like she, he's constantly like he's like I'm not trying to lose to give her an advantage. She literally beats me constantly and today we were talking because you know how in that game you can kind of pay to get ahead so the only reason he started beating her was he has cards ahead of her like you know when you play in the new battle mode that they have i just think it's adorable though that she he can't beat his nine-year-old you know it's like i think i just i look at him like there's something to that right like kids are smarter because of video games like their ability to like see and put things together outpaces a person who also grew up playing video games. There you go. Uh, Crofton, I know we did talk about that one on the show. It, it rings, it rings some bells for sure, but, uh, what a liar. <laughs> Who's a liar? Me or I, no, <laughs> Bo? I totally beat her like a good chunk of the time. Right. Uh, a, you know what I thought when he was going to, when he started that story, what I thought it was going to be, because I did tell him this, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to say this, which makes me look bad, um, which is which is essentially that uh, – um, oh, just I'm sorry, Ryan. I got to pause. Gwen is here. Oh. Uh, yeah, she says it's very important. Uh, here, uh, I'll be back. Ryan? Yes. Clara vomited all over the upstairs floor and, and Gwen has been sent to get me. Oh gosh. Okay. I'll be uh, like, I'll be back uh, hopefully in not too long, but. Uh... All right. Uh, so we're just coming back here. There was a break, an urgent break because my, uh, my, my youngest daughter vomited all over the upstairs and uh, I got pulled away from the podcast 
and have been cleaning up said vomit for the past little while. If this was any other type of podcast than a parenting podcast, I would omit that piece of information and continue talking like everything is fine. But you may notice my energy levels are way lower now. And that coffee that I thought I had earlier that was going to keep me going the whole time has now long faded. So, uh, so yeah, I just felt it's worth disclosing that Ryan, we're picking back up after Clara's incident. And also foreshadow vomit doesn't normally come in the single form. So uh, if there is more action upstairs, I may end up having to, to disappear again. And this could be an interesting episode. A short um, episode. Maybe who knows? It was supposed to be a mega episode, Ryan. Where were we? Okay, yeah. So I just played a clip. You were calling Bo a liar, right? Yeah, he's a liar. What what was he lying about this time? He was lying about the fact that uh, you couldn't beat Gwen at Marvel Snap. Right. No, I totally can beat Gwen at Marvel Snap. In fact, I'm I. But he, I guess he's right. I do use better cards. Oh no! What? Uh, do you have Mom's phone in your pocket? No. <laughs> um, Mom's just wondering. No, I don't have it. I have my phone. Is it your phone? Yeah, it's my phone. Look, my phone. She heard you were talking about Marvel Snap, so she came down and was like, all right, battle time. So just, is has Clara been sick again? No. Then so what are you doing down here? To get, look for your mom's phone. Okay. Okay, okay. Well, I do not have her phone. Well, I do I not know, know where. Not phone. I do not know, but you come down and get me if there's more puking. That's not her phone. That's my phone. How do you know? Because I know what my phone <laughs> looks like. Look, see, that's me. That's you, and that's Clara. I know her photo is you guys sitting on the stairs. Okay, then. All right. I'll leave. Okay. Believe you. Just, I'll see you later, Gwenny. Oh, I got a text from mom from her phone. It says, I found it. <laughs> All right. See you. Good night. All right. Where was I? Uh, Bo's a liar, and you can beat Gwen at Marvel Snap. Right. So here's the thing, though, is that I, I, he is, I guess he is right about my deck being way more advanced and blah, 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 yada, 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 having better cards, whatever. One thing I, I, I will say is that, uh, it is that what I was telling Bo that I thought made me look very bad was the fact that I was conflicted because, you know, you have that, you know, parental pride when something like that is happening. You're like, wow. My daughter is, you know, uh, stepping up and is getting better and is beating me at something. And then another part of me was getting triggered uh, and rage quitty uh, about like, God damn it, I've lost like seven times in a row and I just want to lose my mind like I would normally. But it's my daughter and I'm also proud of her. But I'm so mad that I'm losing. So anyway, it just the the whole the whole thing I found uh I found humorous. I like how Bo made it sound the best way possible. Like, oh, it's so cute and so nice. I'm like the way I told it to him, I was like, I'm losing my mind here. Huh. You know, but uh but uh yeah, it was pretty accurate, I guess. Maybe maybe the liar was too hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might reconsider because uh Scott jumped on it like this. And that's and that's good. But I'm also very glad to hear that Crofton's getting his ass kicked by his kids. Yeah, yeah no, I have enjoyed, that's why I want to share that story. It's fun. Like I, yeah. I told you, you suck at video game. That's a thrill, um, honestly. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's it's probably humbling in a way that's good for character growth, though. So you know, yeah, kids, your kids, you know, you, you beam with pride. Your kids are like 
smarter than you. Yeah, unless they're dicks in Fortnite or something. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know. I assume your kids aren't dicks in Fortnite. No, they're not playing Fortnite. But that is that is actually very like the whole like they're beaming with parental pride, but also really frustrated. Anyway, that was a good good. uh, Yeah, I, I I feel I feel seen, Ryan. Okay, perfect. Well, that was the goal, and uh, it, it uh, we, we got through it. We got through the craft inside of Core, and I know we have a bunch of stuff to get to, so let's jump into the dungeons, because I know you're itching to talk about Mexico before it turns into whatever uh, ended up all over the floor. Yeah, Mexico. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about Mexico. One one thing I, I will say, like, we'll talk more about Mexico in the diapers. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I, I read the I, notes I, wrong. I, I will say though that that what was nice, like long time listeners may remember, I went on a trip down south last year. First one uh, post COVID, we went to the Dominican Republic. Again, it was like an all inclusive type deal. We went this year. This year, kids are a year older. You wouldn't think that would make a ton of a difference, but it did both in terms of the travel um, and in terms, uh, which I'll talk about later because we did red eye flights, which is with kids is. I mean, we almost chose not to go because the only flights were arriving at like 1.30 in the morning, you know. Um, but uh, but the other thing is just that they were able to do some stuff independently. And I actually read a book uh, while I was on vacation. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but you may remember last time I was talking about needing a vacation from the vacation uh, because you're never on vacation from being a parent, um, but this time we used not as much as we should, but we used the kids club where you can drop your kid off. And Clara went there on the last day. We should have gone well earlier. Um, but but also like just around the pool, uh, they were able to they were able to swim by themselves. They had floaties or, or mini life jacket in Clara's case, and then Gwen is a great swimmer. And and so I was like able to to get some R and R in, which was really really fun. Um, so for the dungeons, I have two things uh, that are related to that. One is I read the second book in uh, the Thursday uh, Murder Club series, which is called "The Man Who Died Twice." Oh wait, wait! Um, I gotta do that. I gotta do this. Book Watch twenty twenty three. Oh, okay, go. You interrupted me with me. Yeah, I know. Call back. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, actually, right. Right. So, Ryan, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done this show. Last time we instituted a new segment called Book Watch 2023 of the bumper of which you just played. Uh, Book Watch I- 2023. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. The, uh, <laughs> the, the point of this segment was because I had read a book. And I told you about the book, and then you said, ah, oh, I got to get back to that. Yes. Uh, and, and decided that you would start reading the book. You took it out of the library, and in a moment of hubris, decided to send a photo of the book to sort of say that, hey, look, I'm reading, which, of course, led to me asking you every five minutes, how far are you in the book? And you admitting that, in fact, you were not reading it at all at first. But then Book Watch started, and I will be honest, the last time we did Book Watch, I was very surprised. Ryan Murphy was like 50 pages into the book. I expected – like he was starting with like a book report like you'd get in school from somebody who hadn't read the book, and I was like, oh, here we go. But then it was revealed, ah, he had read 50 pages. So Ryan, before I speak about The Man Who Died Twice, the sequel – to Thursday Murder Club. Why don't you update the listeners on 
Book Watch 2023. How are you doing on your first book? Right. So it's, I will say this, our, our last episode, which was a month ago, um, I, I was very, uh, I was very, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was very driven by the fact that you were, uh, very uh, positive about me have, having finished 50 pages. It had been a long time since I read a, a, a full book and, um, that didn't have master chief on the cover that did not have master chief on the cover. Actually, funny enough, uh, in asking for recommendations for books, uh, from a friend group, uh, I realized that probably the last book I read was uh, The Martian uh, by Andy Weir because I remember reading it before seeing the movie. You know what's funny is that I, I think that might have been the last book I read too. Oh, yeah. Like it was really – it was a good book. Like I really enjoyed it, I but I ended up reading it digital, um, which I think I've come around on to the fact that I much prefer the physical book because um, – when I like to read is when I have a little bit of downtime, you know, like when I've been reading, it's, it's usually, uh, after dinner, but before bath time, kids are kind of doing their own thing. I'll sit in my chair. I'm even joking. Like I have a little reading nook, you know, I set up a lamp next to my chair and, and I'll sit and read for 20, 30 minutes, um, while the kids play quietly <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just think it's funny because you're going to get, I'm going to be like, so where are you in the book? You're like page 60. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> yes, I'll be like, you, this, did, all this you did all this preamble to be like, you read 10 more pages. I'm like, great, Ryan. But yes. yes, keep going. Anyways. So long story short, I've just been, I find that a physical book works well because I can, I, I much prefer to read that way. And also like the kids don't assume I'm on my tablet, like reading Twitter or something or trying to catch up on the news. No, I'm reading my book. I got a book. I, le I like that too. The idea, because my wife very much now prefers reading on her phone even and on a yeah. tablet. She, she reads like a book a day. Like she's insane. She reads just crazy amounts of books just all the time. This is these books, but she's reading them often on her phone or a, a, an e-reader. And so it gives the impression, I think somewhat to the kids that she's not actually reading that she is like surfing Twitter. And I think she's cognizant of that as well. One of the things I do like about the hard copy books is that it definitely like you were clearly reading and therefore setting an example for the kids. Yeah. And, and um, not even just the kids, but I know like if I'm on my phone or my tablet and Ash and the kids are screaming or, or are playing or whatever. And, and Ashley's, you know, finishing dinner or, uh, or reading a book herself. And she's, and she'll be like, well, what, why are you on your phone? I'm like, well, no, no, I'm reading a book. And, and I just, I I also my phone can be distracting. Like my phone's going on. It's Discord. Yeah, no, it's Twitter. notifications. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah for so sure. like it, but I know I know you can set up to like mute that stuff when you're reading a book. And I think I think Apple Books actually um, silently delivers notifications in the background while you're reading too. Because because I do have a couple of digital books uh, that I that I've been meaning to get to. Uh, the Jason Schreier books. Uh, I have those on my uh, that I purchased a while ago. Um, all that being said, I'll, I'll stop the, the meandering. I'm, I'm on page 64. No, <laughs> I've, uh, I've finished the first book, which. Oh, Ryan did it. Finished a book. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. I nice very work. much enjoyed it. I, I did have to renew it at the library. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like, to be honest, um, I, I read, I didn't read as much as I wanted to at all for the first three weeks I had it. And then I was like. No, I got to read for the show. And then 
you were so positive about me reading 50 pages of like, okay, let's do this. And then I think after those 50 pages, the hooks were in the first book just really gets going. And because as you said, it's the first book you're introducing these characters. Like you got to get familiar with the environment and the story and stuff. And, um, you know, once it gets going, it was a real, a real page turner. I loved all the characters. And, uh, and then I was getting to the end. I'm like, okay, I've got to put the the second book on hold at the library. So I did, I, I put my name into the hat and then I, it was available. So I went and picked it up. I dropped my old book off and started reading that one and I finished it in two and a half weeks. So I am done Shut two books. Up. Holy yeah. crap. That's so you are in this, like my thing was the second book. You have also read the second book. Yes. So we are on par. I have, I don't like, I don't have the third book. No, me neither. But I'm going to buy, like, I bought the first two and I'm going to buy this this one as well. I don't read enough books that I don't mind buying, you know, buying the book you got. You're great that you have it at the library. But now we're, we're the third one is a recent release. Like, he's been yeah. doing one a year for the past three years, which is a great pace. Um, I keep thinking, you know, when you read a series like this, again, the Thursday Murder Club, for those who don't know, it's it's a similar vibe to like Only Murders in the Building type thing where they're sort of like a cozy murder mystery. Uh, it's pensioners, like old, old, uh, senior folks in a, in a, in a senior's residence uh, solving mysteries, uh, murder mysteries. Um, and, uh, you know, that just so happened to in the first book that just so happened to happen at at the at the at the home right at the place where that they were staying the residence where they're staying so you know you wonder how that can james bond the reason that it's a series is because he's a spy he always goes on a different spy mission in this case i was like well you know how is the second book or the third book going to work if they're you know like the first one was there was a murder in where they live and so you know if there was repeated murders where they lived it would be a, it would stretch credibility more than you know that it would be already. But I thought the second book did well in 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 setting up a scenario in which that that, that was believable or or the situation was believable. Um, I'm curious, you know, beyond the second book, third book, fourth book, how they're going to keep these these characters still you know engaged with with like without it becoming overly ridiculous and i don't know about you ryan and again this is not a spoiler cast just in broad strokes how how you felt that the second book compared to the first book um i'm sure it was easier to get into because you knew all the characters i found it very easy to get into i was like because it because i just finished the first one i was able to jump in with them right away it didn't have that 50 page churn that the first one did where you're getting used to the to the scenario and stuff did you but but then um, I found that the world of the second book, um, you know, it, it, it ties into the origins of one of the, the the main characters, and it starts becoming. I don't want to, I don't want to say wackier. It's I thought the second book was funnier, but it's definitely a little bit more stretches believability. I think plausibility a little bit more than the first one did. At least that was how I felt. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's accurate. Like I think. Um... I, I also I think that's why I like the first book also is pretty has it, got some some stretches and some f- fantastical things that happen. It's not like magic. It's just kind of like hand wavy. It's for the fun of what's happening yeah. here. Like as fun as you can have with a murder mystery. Uh, very only murders in the building. And, and I think when you 
when you look at what they're doing with that series, that mo- that TV show, it's like they're doing a third season. And now the characters are literally saying, like, what is the possibility of this happening a third time? And we're like, yes, agreed. What is the possibility? But still fun to watch Martin Short, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez have a great time. So, like, right, I'm right, not complaining. Yeah, it, and, you know, no, I, no. I get it. And I'm with you. Like, the second book has it, it, it does focus in on a specific character that would give you, like additional reasons for there to be things going on but um yeah. i would argue the first book also has some some f- fantasy style stuff going on like not magic and and uh, yeah and swords and shields it's more just like these weird fantastical things keep happening to this this group of, of four people that happen to you know have a, a a murder club where they where they look at cold cases um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the second book. Like, like you said, it gets going much quicker because you know, the characters, they don't have to set anybody up. Um, they, they continue to develop some of the, the characters that I were, was worried would, would go to the sidelines. Like, uh, the, um, the, the two cops, uh, Chris and, yeah. and Donna, like you really felt though, like I was worried that, okay, um, the authors set up all these really great side characters um that for that sure were related to the first case you were worried that they were going to fall to the wayside in the second case yeah like they wouldn't have a valid reason to bring them back in and and they yeah. they have a, they uh, they have a great reason to bring them back in and it's that they're they are really part of the thursday murder club now that they've been been involved yeah but, uh, exactly and they have their own case and that it, it ends up tying together i definitely felt in the first half of the book, uh, some of those characters kind of either sit it out or are not as present. It, it's not as uh, seamless as the first one. And it's funny because I've, um, I've been reading Harry Potter to Gwen and we're reading the second Harry Potter book. And it, it has a little bit of that, that same sort of feeling where like that first book is doing the world building as well. So the first part of the story that's slower actually feels very full where in the second book it's like there is a beginning part um it takes like a long time in the second book for there to be a murder to investigate like uh um and uh you know that it's going to come at one point in all of this and uh the title kind of reveals fairly early who like once the who the who the victim is going to be because i i in the first book i didn't know who the victim the victims were going to be right it's just called thursday murder club you know there's going to be a murder you don't even know how many you don't know whatever in the second book there is a title that sort of gives you some descriptor it gives you sense of what's going to what's going to happen a little bit so that was that was uh um interesting as well either way i'm like all in on these series i'm for sure going to read that third book um and uh and uh, Richard Osman, we haven't mentioned the name of the, the writer, Richard Osman, who is a British TV presenter. And I know this this book series is sold really well in, in, in Britain and that they're they're making a movie, a potentially movie series out of it. Uh, and so uh, I'll be I'll be keen to see this. But I have a feeling I'm going to be one of those bookies who's like, well, you know, Judy Dench is really good in this, but uh, she's not, uh, you know, she's not how I envisioned Joyce, you know? Um, I'm sure I'm going to be one of those, uh, one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's, it's a really, it's the second book is really good. I, I, uh, I don't know how the, like, again, uh, I think like you, I was like, oh man, how do they, how are they going to do this with the third one, let alone a fourth? And I think they might even have a fifth, uh, that's in that's in the planning. Um, 
but yeah, like it. Well, they're actually cast. I read about the casting of the film. They're oh, they casting. did cast it. Oh, no, they haven't. Oh. They're talking about Richard Osman was talking about it because one of the controversies is that they're casting younger than the characters are in the movie in the books. Um, and uh, not like d- don't get me wrong, it's not like they're in their twenties or whatever. They're they're just it's just like instead of in their mid seventies, they might be in their mid sixties. And the reason is because they and you know the 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 film production timelines of doing these movies uh you know if they're if it's going to be a series they need to think ahead you know so if they cast like people who are you know 78 now or something 76 or by the time they're at movie number three uh those folks are like 86 or whatever right and so uh it becomes much more challenging for everyone so they're they're gonna cast they they're already thinking that far ahead so, oh yeah. i see yeah i'm not too worried about the casting for this one i feel like uh i i feel like i find these days when it comes to casting like when it, when it comes to adaptations it's very rare that they go they go in the wrong direction i always find like these days i think casting's done pretty well you know, like it's very, I guess it's hard to think of a, of an example. And I know everyone's probably thinking, oh, Ryan's going to drop the Chris Pratt as Mario. And I'm like, no, I, I actually think like when you got a big budget film, like this production, it's, it's under Steven Spielberg's production company. Like they're going to, they're not going to mess up casting. I, I think, uh, could they mess up? Like, I don't even think they're going to write mess up the writing. Cause again, like, it's just, it's such a simple, it's not a simple story, but it's a simple enough story that you could adapt it into a movie fairly simply right like i think it fits For very sure. well as a movie before we move on from uh from it because it's like it's difficult uh, when you're talking about books on on the show there are those of us there might be listeners who based on my recommendation or whatever might have picked this up and be keen on it and like i do want to talk spoilers i but, but obviously we can't necessarily do that i also know there's probably a bunch of people that are like when are they going to stop talking about these books i'm never going to read and <laughs> i understand i understand that too uh just out of curiosity, who is your favorite character? Oh, um, I think it's Joyce, probably. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's Joyce. I thought, I, I thought you were going to say Elizabeth, but like for me, no. in book, book two is definitely is is Joyce so hard. Like I was laughing, like when she creates an Instagram account. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, it is just so great. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, that uh, I'm glad to hear that you are where I am. Like we, we read the same book. We both have read the man who died twice. That was the book I read in Mexico, but there's something Ryan that I have done that you have not done that I am desperate to mention. And it's funny because it happened the day after we last recorded. Yes. Uh, which was that I Croft and Steers got an arcade machine, mm. um, in my shed. Now, for those of you who may recall, I retrofitted my shed into an office. It's super sweet, but it's being kind of echoey and empty. There's like a work terminal. There's a, la- a recliner. There isn't much else in there. I need to do more to it, but I wanted to anchor it around this arcade machine, which I could not bring myself to purchase because it was about $1,000 Canadian. And that's a lot of money. And, you know, you could spend that on in, in a lot of ways. And I was hemming and hawing for the better part of half a year. 
Uh, and uh, the most popular, like it's not a full, it's not a regular arcade cabinet. It's a hobbyist sort of thing in the way that those one up cabinets are. And they're the big popular brand, the one up cabinets. They're sort of like um, three, three quarter cab size cabinets or half size cabinets. But I bought this one called the At Legends Ultimate Edition. Uh, At Legends is one word and then um, Ultimate. It's from At Games. Uh, and, uh, in Canada, you can only buy it at one place. You can't buy it at any of the electronic stores. You can't buy it anywhere except this big box chain called the brick. And I hate the brick in general. Um, and I don't like to buy things there. And, uh, so that was one of the main reasons that I was like hemming and hawing about, about getting it. But the other thing was the price because with taxes and then with, I'd want the bricks electronic warranty because they're bottom line is if it's a if it is a brick pun intended when you plug it in they won't give you your money back you have to deal with the manufacturer that's only in the states be a huge pain in the butt so i paid for that extra that extra you know electronics protection bullshit that i normally never pay for so the whole thing ended up being fairly expensive so i was like oh geez and then i was worried because i have horrible luck with electronics just horrible like that it was either going to be completely defective or even worse almost that it wouldn't be defective except for one annoying thing like a dead pixel or like a, a scratch on the side or something that I wouldn't be that I would knowing myself I would just live with but it would annoy me every day for the rest of my life um it, but it worked flawlessly riot like it's been great um, and it has surpassed my wildest dreams in terms of what, what this thing could, could be. Um, and I'm so excited about it. Um, and, uh, one of the two, two main reasons, one is that it feels great and it's got a joy, two, two joysticks for the two players, six buttons each, and then it's got two spinners. So you can play spinner games and it's got one of those like golf, like, um, you know, the, the balls for Marble Madness and all those types of games in the middle. So it's got every control system you can imagine to play all these games, minus the steering wheel. Um, and uh, and it, it, it connects to the internet and it, it can uh, stream, you can stream games from, from, from Steam and different places directly to it. Uh, it comes with 300 games pre-installed and those games are um, mostly garbage. Not entirely, but mostly. Um, and a lot of them are Atari ports of garbage as well. Uh, but it allows you, unlike other uh, systems that, that come preset with games, it allows you to stick a USB in and play a bunch of games. And so, you know, again, this is where we enter into that legally dubious sort of realm of like what like what's accessible and what's not um and and they have this thing called coin ops x which is a program on it it's sort of like a dashboard um and i you know like i i got this this suite of games for coin op x and they all come with like great you know great art and style in the menu you choose them and then when the game starts up the way that it looks on your screen is because these the screen is so sharp but it was designed for, you know, a lot of the games were designed for old CRTs. So what it does is it, it takes the two sides of the screen and it puts up the, uh, you know, what I guess was on the side of the cabinet for that particular game. And often, like if you're playing like Street Fighter 2 or something, it might just be art. But for some games, it's like how to do 
for NBA Jam. It has a bunch of codes on it uh, on the side, like sort of like the bezels, if you will. And then uh, and it makes it feel like you're playing the arcade cabinet, like the actual cabinet, because it's also super sharp. And then the middle is kind of like much more pixelated the way that it, it normally looks with the image. So it gives you that the rep. It, so all this to say that right now the arcade cabinet in my shed, the at legends ultimate has pretty much every arcade game that doesn't have 3d graphics. So that's the, 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 um, the, 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 the line. And to make it even more clear, it has Marvel versus Capcom one, but not Marvel versus Capcom two, because Marvel versus Capcom two has 3d backgrounds. So like 3d is kind of like the, the line. Um, but, uh, but any game, any game that's not 3d is pretty much on this thing right now. And, uh, and it's amazing. Like I'll, you know, I'll be at work, I'll have a tough meeting or whatever. And I'm like, I just need a break before writing this next thing. I stand up, I go to the arcade cabinet. It's like having unlimited quarters and I play, I, I, for a while, I just played a different arcade game every time. But now I'm starting, there's a few that I'm coming back to and stuff. And like Ryan, like on future episodes of the show, I don't know if I'm going to have like Crofton's Arcade Corner talking about like, uh, you know, a, a particular game or whatever. But there's so many arcade games. Like I thought I was going to be attracted and I was originally attracted to the 90s brawlers that I remember, you know, like Ninja Turtles, Simpsons, X-Men, like you're walking, you're beating up dudes, final fight. But those games, like, they suck your quarters, really. They, like, But if you have unlimited quarters, which I kind of do in this situation, then it's like, you know, you're moving ahead. You're beating up dudes. You play one. You've played them all, more or less. But but I'm having greater appreciation for, like, the old games of the 80s and, and like, the score-chasing games. Pac-Man, Mrs. Pac-Man, Pac-Man Championship Edition, they are the Pac-Man games are amazing. Like I'm, I'm enjoying them so much. And, uh, and um, you know, like some, even beyond that, like some of the games, like uh, I'm not sure the Neo Geo cabinets from the nineties, they would have like fighter games and different things on them, but they'd also have puzzle games. Like this one where you put different color bub puzzles together. I'm really enjoying puzzle games on it too, because uh, again, it's less of a court predatory quarter suck, you know, and they feel more like actual games. Anyway, just amazing to have an arcade machine. Could have gone the wrong way. It went the right way. I'm sure this won't be the last time I talk about it, but man, I am so happy that I got this thing. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm stoked that you, you have it because, uh, it sounds like you're really enjoying it. I mean, it's not my, like, I think it's, it's not my cup of tea, like arcade games. I think, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods again, which is likely, uh, I will certainly drop in and be like, I'm here to try the arcade machine because I'm told it's it's the best thing ever. So I will do that. Um, but this isn't going to be like an arcade watch 2023. I'm not going to get back to purchasing an arcade machine. I think like for me, like my nostalgia where it hits is basically like, you know, Super Nintendo and and you know, a couple generations after that, where it's like, I love playing GameCube games. I love playing NES, Super NES, GBA. Like that's sort of like where my big nostalgia is at. And um, Nintendo is doing a doing a pretty good job with that, with the Nintendo Switch Online. But also I know we've talked about the Steam Deck and, and emulation and stuff. So um, lots I of I just say that like, I mean, a lot of the games on the Super Nintendo and, and the original Nintendo were pulled straight from arcades yeah. and like, like, you know, turtles and times on their Ninja Turtles, uh, the, um, the, all the, um, 
what do you call it? Uh, all the, like Street Fighter Two. There's a big thing about who has the better version of Street Fighter Two: Sega Genesis or uh, or um, or Super Nintendo, or who has Mortal Kombat Blood or whatever. Yeah. You know who has the best version? The arcade. Um, and uh, and like this this thing has every Mortal Kombat, every Street Fighter you can imagine. Um, and, and all of this sort of stuff with, you know, six buttons feels just great. The feel is like, I, I you know, is, is really amazing. I, I went to uh, the brick to, to try and it really like when you play the, the one up cabinets, they do feel like toys next to this thing. And I know this thing isn't a full regular, regular cabinet, but it feels really, really good. And it's really, really solid uh, to to play i do have tremendous nostalgia for various arcade games they fit in my life at different times like sometimes it's a games room in florida when we were on vacation and i go in in the hotel as a games room and i play knights of the round from capcom or another time i'm skiing at mo saint marie which is near my house and the, there's an arcade machine in the cafeteria and it's playing some barbarian game and i can play all those games and so there is a trickle of nostalgia whenever i find a new one i'm like i remember this game from the campground at wherever you know the kangaroo with the boxing gloves um there's always all of that all of that stuff but there's some like legit games on there too like a lot of a lot of games that that were on consoles and stuff as well i i recognize that like there's a level that you're going to play for nostalgia, but then there's a level that you're going to play just because it's a great game. Like today I was playing Marvel superheroes, which is um, what led to Marvel versus Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom two. It's the first one where like it's a street fighter game, except you're, you can be Spider-Man Wolverine and all that. And I'm playing it. And I remember renting that game for the original PlayStation. And there was like a ton of load times and all of this. And, you know, you're playing on the shitty PlayStation controller. It was not even, a, it didn't even have joysticks. Not that you really need it for a fighter. And here I'm playing the game like, the way it's meant to be played feels really good. Effects are great. Then I want to look to, to know how to do a special move. I can look at the bezels and be like, you know, there's stuff there of how to do how to do things. And it just, you know, feels really good. So, I mean, yes. Do I have affinity for arcades? Absolutely. Um, do, I, do I recognize that there's now we're at a point where entire generations have grown up mostly playing consoles? Also, yes. But, like, if I had invested this money in a PS5, for instance, all I would be getting is, like, I have an Xbox Series X, is a couple of exclusives that I don't already have access to but otherwise it's the same suite of games right like it's it, it's we're no longer in the world where an n64 is a completely different lineup than an original playstation these are consoles that are pretty much the same minus a couple of games here and there so to put that money into like uh, something that gives me a novel video game experience like i'm you know like now i have i have a vr headset I've got the arcade machine. I've got the Xbox here. Like, I feel like in terms of uh, being a, a multi-purpose gamer, I, I have a lot of options. But the killer feature of this, I think, is where it resides, which is in my home office. Because I think, Ryan, like, I don't know about you, but I've always had that. When I worked at Ubisoft way back when, and I went up and, and they showed me, like, oh, here's the foosball table with the arcade machines. I always dreamed about, like, being in an office. It was cool enough to have an arcade machine and all this sort of stuff. And that I could go to in between doing a, t a random task, like, and just play. Because they are more lightweight games. And now I have that, like, at home. And it's honestly made my workday more fun. Like, I can spend 
five minutes playing a game of Pac-Man, then go back to my next assignment. Like I do something, I check it out on my list. I beat up some guy in final fight and then I go back, you know, and it's uh, barely takes any time from my day, but makes the day that much more fun. Yeah. Well, that's really great. No. And I, and I think that, uh, yeah, like I've, I've, I've only really had, I've only really had the one, I've only really had jobs that had like no, uh, none of those like extra perk. Not a lot of jobs have those perks of like, Oh, a cafeteria or, you know, a game room or a workout room or, you know, a cereal bar, like those are, you know, everyone talks about, oh, well, Google does this or whatever. Um, but I think like, I like, I remember complaining with the coffee machine and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's older than when I started there. It was, it was probably from a generation before me, like that's how old it was. Um, so yeah, no, we don't have, we don't have arcade machines at our office, but I, I think that it, like your, your description of like having that ability to take five minutes to to have a break after completing a task or, or a meeting or what have you like that's that's really cool no i i think that's a really great way of doing it because honestly most folks when they're working um move on to the next thing and really you should be taking breaks you should be allowing your brain to pause and i find because I, I find sometimes if i have a really busy day it's like holy shit like uh oh it's lunch already i that means i haven't stood up in four hours that's not good so even if you are using that pattern to kind of like break, um, give your body a break, get some movement in, even if it's you moving from the desk over to your arcade machine, like it's it's something. It's way better than you sitting in one spot for four hours or or what have or however long you end up working. If you skip lunch, it's even worse. That's, that's a long <laughs> I like, time. I, I, I like how you're making an exercise. You it got not, up. I did and, not and say you exercise. Walked, you I, walked over to the arcade <laughs> cabinet or whatever. It's, you know, good on you, Crofton. It's I did not. Gets you I wasn't trying to, 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 to uh, suggest that it was, that was the only exercise you're getting. I know you're doing ring fit. We've been, we've fallen off. You were in Mexico. And I've, I've fallen off. Not. In, Right into the Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that sounds good. Though. Ryan, like I'm, I still got more stuff in the dungeons, but I want to punt to you because I recognize I, I, I made verbal love to my arcade machine there for a while, and and you should uh, please, please feel free to, uh, to interrupt before I make verbal love to a video game. Oh, right. Well, you know what? Um, I don't really have a whole lot else uh, in the dungeons and I am looking forward to chatting about the video game because uh, I know I know it's a video game I talked about on this show. So I'll say this like um, it was my it was my birthday at the start of the month. Uh, I ended up getting some pretty cool uh, geeky stuff that I have yet to find the time to um, fully jump into. But the one thing I have uh, jumped into and I'll thank Crofton uh, for this because he actually picked one of these up. But I got a Steam Deck dock, unofficial, not the official one, which is $120 Canadian. Um, yep. I got a an iVoller one, which I think was uh, the same brand as yours. It might even be the same dock. Probably actually. same probably same dock. Yeah. So I did I got one of those for my birthday. I've been using it. Um there was a, a little bit of a, a process of like figuring out the 
the chain to get it to work. Like, I think I had a couple times where I was like, oh. I don't I, even think I know the chain to get it. Where I came back from Mexico and I put it on the thing. And then it's like, why is it not going on the goddamn screen? Yes. And then I'm like, I'm like, turn it off, turn this, unplug it, plug it back in. Like, why is it not? So I, I, I'm not even sure I know what it is, Ryan, to be honest. But definitely it's like, I, I think that would be the same with the official dock as well. I, I don't think it's like the Switch, that it's easy breezy, beautiful. It's just like there is a little bit of awkwardness to it, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, you know, it's been working for me. I've been playing the Steam Deck more on my screen on the big screen than I have been portably, yeah. And I, I, so I have noticed like, um, that was some a conversation we had on, on the Gamers End about the dock was basically like the Switch figured like the Switch did a lot of great things right, right off the bat, like that dock experience. Nintendo must have spent. I know they've talked about this in interviews, but spent years making sure like that docking experience was flawless and anything that tries to emulate that like the steam. I don't think the steam deck dock is trying to they shouldn't have called it a dock. They should have called it like a like a like a like a stand with an HDMI cable because like really it's not a dock. It's a stand with a cable and then you can plug a bunch of stuff into the I mean, I guess it is. Like when you think about a dock, you think of like slide putting something into it, right? But like the 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 idea of putting the Steam Deck into the dock doesn't automatically make it go. Like I remember my first yeah. computer at at work with like this. Right, you had this ThinkPad and you had this giant dock and you like slam the ThinkPad into it, it connects and then it shows yeah. up on on the monitor. I know. Stuff. But now they, it's like it's just a USB C cable. It's just bloop, you plug it in. Yeah, and exactly. It's an I, adapter. I, I, and it's it's like got a little curve on it, so yep. it's like it it it's easy and it, and it clicks in. But really, it's just a plastic a piece of plastic that you stick your deck on. You click in the little USB C thing, and then the piece of plastic has about three or four ports on the back, right? Yeah, it's it's an adapter with a stand, and it is what it is. It works, you know, well. It works uh, just as well as you would you there's a bit of tinkering involved like like you said croft and sometimes like okay it's not showing up on the screen and it's just a matter of i guess the instructions for the ivo i don't know if all uh, powered electronics do this but now they all kind of suggest like make sure you unplug the dock when you're not using it so i've been like unplugging the dock and then plugging the dock in like i'll leave the cable off to the side i'll plug the dock in put the deck on turn the tv on plug the the deck in then turn the deck on and then it shows and then usually it works although mind you like i there's something with the xbox controllers and i know you had this issue crofton where um sometimes if you sync the xbox controller to another device the steam deck gets really confused when it tries yeah. to connect to the controller and um yeah I've given up on that, by the way, Ryan. I'm only using my wired Xbox 360 controller Ugh. on the Steam Deck because, which is funny, honestly. Like you're like, uh, and it's to <laughs> to, right. to a certain call me out certain, on that. That's a bad reaction. To a certain extent, I agree with you. Like it's an old controller, but the I by switching between that and the Xbox One controller, I'm like they're not that different. No. Like it's really it's really been like very incremental changes over two generations for Xbox, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, and, and when I'm playing the game, like I, the game that I'm playing, I, I barely, uh, I, I barely notice it. It's an essential part of the steam deck, but I don't think like the switch, it's not a one for one thing where like 
the dock completes the Steam Deck. I think it just enhances its use, you know, for certain games. Um, and I think like a lot of the games that I have been playing a lot on the Steam Deck have been more, you know, indie focused games like uh, uh, Dead Cells, um, Dredge, uh, Dome Keeper, like smaller titles that whether you play them on the handheld mode or you play them on the big screen, the performance isn't impacted by the change in resolution, right? Because you're going from a 720p screen to, uh, in my case, a 4K television, you know, and um, it, it it's been it's worked really well in that regard but i think like don't expect an experience similar to the switch where you're like it's it's a seamless transition like it it takes a bit of tink it still takes a bit of tink nothing as crazy as like you know going into desktop mode and installing specific software and running scripts like no like it still works in that like you plug it in and as long as your hdmi is in there you're good to go but um i think like if you're looking for some way to connect your steam deck to a television I think you're fine going with the unofficial ones. And this is something we've talked about previously and that like there's no proprietary tech in getting your deck on the TV. It's literally just requires a USB-C adapter that supports power delivery so that you can charge the deck while it's plugged into your television. Like that's the bare minimum. You don't need to, you do not need to go buy the valve steam deck dock you can buy one of these unofficial ones. Read the reviews. I know, like, you know, they're not all made the same, uh, but reviews are pretty good. They'll they'll let you know if it's frying anything. Like, they're usually pretty good. And I think this Ivaller brand, you know, you and I have been using them and, and they've been fine. So um, that's my recommendation. You don't need to get the official one. If you want to get the official one, that's totally fine. But know that there are less expensive options um, if you want to get it on your TV. Um, and the game I've been playing on Steam Deck recently is what I was playing in Mexico and what I was playing before Mexico and what I'm still playing is one, Ryan, you recommended a while back. You've been talking about a while back, which is Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah. Um, and uh, Marvel Midnight Suns still in the news. It's got a lot of DLC uh, that's coming out. I know some heavy hitter games are, are coming out. Uh, soon it's the diablo 4 beta this weekend everybody's talking about that resident evil 4 remakes out today um everyone's talking about that i am just over the moon still on marvel's midnight suns i remember ryan when i was saying i was going to buy this game you said well you know you could spend this money and all the dlc too and i'm like ryan I've seen everybody play this game. They put like 80, 90 hours into it. I'm like, I think I'm going to be done in 90 hours. I'm not going to need any DLC. And if I really want it, I'll get it. I get it. Then you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Fair enough. Uh, I wish I bought the DLC back at the yeah. time. I, I'm like, I asked Bo yesterday. I said, hey, Bo, this is where I am in the story. I'm like, how far am I? How much do I have left? And the reason I'm asking him that is just because I, I kind of don't want it. I, I kind of don't want it to end, uh, which is great. I haven't had a game like that forever, where like probably since Elden Ring, really. It means that I dropped Gear, uh, God of War Ragnarok, and maybe I'll, I'll I'll get back to that. Like I dropped it midway for Midnight Suns. Uh, I just thought like Midnight Suns was on sale. I wanted a game that I could take to Mexico on Steam Deck. I started playing it a little bit before I left, and then the hooks were in, and, and there we go. It's actually free to play, I think, on Xbox Game Pass this weekend. And uh, I mean – 
you know, if people are listening to this, I, I urge them to give it, uh, to give it a shot and see if, see if they like it. What's interesting to me about Midnight Suns is how I like every single part of it. And there is a lot of different parts. Um, they're not all the combat, which I'm still not sick of and still in love with and all this, the, 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 the actual, um, sort of card based XCOM-esque, a combat system that Ryan's talked about previously. Uh, I, I really like that. We, Ryan's also mentioned how like you, you know, all these superheroes, it's a superhero game and all the, all these Marvel superheroes are based in this, this Abbey and it plays very much like fire emblem three houses in the sense that between the missions, you can talk to all these people and all of that. And it's really fun to do that and to get to know these characters and to see the story develop. It, it feels like a, a comic book series in the best possible way. There's tons of like filler stuff, filler stuff that you wouldn't even get in the comic books, like superheroes starting clubs and like being buddies and what they're like in, in real life. Like all, all of that sort of stuff is just great, great stuff. Um, and then there's the missions, which are great. And then there's this whole other, like, exploring the grounds of the Abbey, outside of the Abbey, in which there are puzzles, there's magic spells, there's just different things as you explore the grounds. I would say um, I love that in that it's a nice change of pace, but it is clearly uh, the weirdest part of the game or kind of like uh, a bit a bit weird anyway and uh i think that it's the part of the game that is going to make it, that it it really brutal to replay like i if, if somebody was like oh i'm looking forward to replaying it like when i picked up fire emblem three houses i'm like oh my god i don't want to run through this giant abbey again talking to all these characters i i mean the abbey is much more compact in midnight suns like you can get to people pretty quick but there is this whole sort of like larger expand exp exploring the grounds thing and um i you know i i don't even know how much that ties into the larger story or if it ends up being necessary totally or if it's all completely skippable which i kind of doubt um but uh but it is it is fun the first time you do it it's such a like everything is a change of pace you feel like you're living this character's life like her day to day at least that's how i felt i was playing as the female hunter ryan did you play as male or female uh, i played as the female hunter yeah, so like it's funny because I can only think of her as, you know, that like I don't know what model you took character model, but my character model looks really good. Like looks like it could be, you know, like like I feel like she looks like a natural part of the game and her voice actress feels like a natural part of the game. And it's hard for me to even think about like the male hunter, what that would look like. I'm I'm almost curious to 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 see. Um what that would look like but uh anyway i i just you know i cannot say enough good things about midnight sense i have probably put in like 50 hours i don't know and that uh i'm you know i'm i'm continuing i'm well into act two and i think there's three acts and um you know even afterwards i could see me running missions i will say uh, and ryan you made this um comment to me you said it was not optimized for steam deck and um I waited until it was optimized for Steam Deck to buy it. Like I waited, like it, it was optimized and pretty much the next day I'm like, okay, I'll get this. Cause it just looks like it's a well made for Steam Deck game. Like the type mm -hmm. of combat, the time of everything. Dude, that game. And I don't know, I, I don't have enough experience with Steam Deck to say if this is a normal thing. That game, 
murders my battery, (laughs) like just destroys it. And for like, it was, um, so last night I was upstairs on the couch, a hundred percent playing it by the fire. Uh, we have fire upstairs. I was on the couch under a blanket. It was cozy. I'm like oh. playing Midnight Midnight Suns. Great way to play it. It's one of the great things about the Steam Deck. You can sort of play it anywhere. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna gonna play this. Like, I don't think I did an hour before it was dead. As a hundred to zero. Like, um, and uh, you know, when we were on the plane, uh, you know, it, it got nowhere. Uh, you pretty much I you pretty much have to play it plugged in, like when it's on the dock. Um, and you know, no problem, whatever, but, but playing it portably, you get like game gear level, uh, <laughs> battery, battery life out of it. It's so crazy and it gets so hot too. And it's not, no offense, Marvel's midnight sense. It's not a graphical powerhouse. Looks good, but it, it, it doesn't strike me as a game that needs to be powered by the, an arc reactor, you know? Um, and, and yet that's how it sort of seems, seems to me. So like, it's just murder murders my battery. Yeah. I mean, my, so, um, I've definitely played some more anytime the, anytime there's 3d involved, it, it really kills the battery I, I find. And, and, um, I always joke like the steam deck is like portable adjacent, like as long as you're adjacent to like a power outlet and, um, if you obviously have a bunch of um, USB-C cables around around the house uh, these days, they're they're pretty much dime a dozen. And um, what I would recommend is uh, if you're look. So I have a long I have a long USB-C cable that I use for um, my Oculus uh, Quest too for for um, the physical yeah know, the Oculus Link or whatever they call it yeah the ability yeah, to I use it that. as a as a wired headset and um, it's it's a longer cable to you yeah know, I, stop ha- you from, I I have that cable too. Yeah, so I uh, what I would recommend is go on to Amazon. You can buy, so you so you have to have like a specific type of uh, charger for it. So that's going to be the problem. And you can experiment with what you have around the house. It's not going to cause any issues with your Steam Deck. But like, use that long Oculus cable. Um, find an adapter around the house. See if it works. If you have like a uh, uh, like a like a Samsung phone or a lot of Android phones. Uh, yeah. use you know quick charging yeah you, you I have, have to those. have like a specific adapter that provides enough wattage to charge the steam deck at at a certain rate and the steam deck will tell you if you're charging at a slow rate the, the airplane had these like usbs that you could plug in and i i plugged in to them and it was like forget it buddy ha 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 steam yeah. deck just pretty much was laughing at me and uh and yeah like it seems like if you don't have the right charger it barely charges at all yeah. And the issue here being is that the charger that comes with the Steam Deck is it's it's the adapter and cord in one. So you you can't get a longer cable there, but but what I've done is I have a setup in my living room where um I have a longer cable connected to an adapter and it's I think I bought it off of Amazon just like a like an anchor um adapter to plug in the uh, a USB-C or a USB cable. Um, or I think in this case, a USB-C cable. Anyways, I highly recommend it. Again, like it sounds weird talking about like a portable system and having, you know, plans to be able to plug it in. But honestly, like it will eat your battery pretty quick. And um, when you're playing a, a, a beefier title, and if you do want to, you know, stay a while and sit by the fire and, and play Midnight Suns, I think I think there's got to be an outlet nearby. And I, I would... 
I would much prefer to have like the ability to like, oh, I, I want to get 20 more minutes in. I'm just going to plug it in for this last match so that it doesn't die. Like, you know, um, it's 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 an it's a minor inconvenience. And honestly, like the Steam Deck's already like a bit of a beast. So like having a cable coming out the top isn't isn't the end of the world, really. Yeah, I no, I, I can see. I you know I can see that I just am disappointed because like the Steam Deck has like there's some things I really really like about it but I I did listen to a lot of podcasts that were selling it to the high heavens um, how it changes the way they play games and all of this sort of stuff and I I recognize that it's there's some really nice things and and you know I enjoyed being able to play Midnight Suns when I was in Mexico for sure uh, but for the most part I'm in my house and I have access to all my regular stuff so where whereas the arcade machine was like I, even greater than I thought it was going to be the Steam Deck is still like like you know it, it, there's still a lot of things that uh, I, I find are suboptimal although I do blame Midnight Suns. Um, uh, for for this a bit i do think that like if i played another game it wouldn't necessarily burn it to the ground like midnight suns did. and just before leaving midnight suns and maybe moving into the diapers i did want to say ryan one thing i thought was i find really interesting just from a storytelling point of view is that there's all these characters and they all have their like they're superheroes, most of whom we know quite well either from the mcu or for from comics themselves some of them are more important than others. They often all have a, a story arc in which they step to the forefront or whatever. Uh, some of them are recruited along the way and have one one there as well. But then there's others that are just sort of like, you know, um, constantly there offering comments. Uh, you know, there's you build up friendships with them and then there are scenes with those. Some of those are a bit hokey, but like then there's interactions between the heroes themselves. And, uh, it, you know, then there's clubs in which multiple heroes are participating and you see them interact together in this sort of thing. All very, very interesting. But as I spend so much time with these characters, it is very interesting how, like, some of them are grading on me. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy is so annoying. Or this, just in the same way that somebody would in real life. Like, it almost feels like, you know, you go into the office and there's different people and there's the people that you like more and there's the people you don't like as much. I actually searched out a Reddit thread of like, who is the most annoying character in Midnight's in Midnight Suns and it is funny because a lot of people say different people like it's not a guarantee that they're going to say the same the same person um and it based on what you value or what what you don't you know don't value uh or or like because they they are there's so much scripting there's so much stuff there's even a superhero social media thing with conversations and all of this sort of stuff there's like so much there so you get to know these characters as they've done a really good job fleshing them out and then of course some of them are like okay and then some you're kind of like oh you know i gotta deal with this person some more and i thought and, and they they often have identities that are very distinct from their marvel one like the, the, the sorry the, the marvel movie ones like take doctor strange like doctor strange in the marvel movies and doctor strange in midnight suns are are different like the, the character the personality is different they're both really well realized personalities and they're both cocky but like they're different types of, of the they operate in different ways they feel differently you know uh, and it's very cool how it has that distinctive feeling so my question to you ryan is combat abilities aside midnight marvel's midnight suns who's your favorite character 
And who is your most annoying character? Oh, um, com- you said combat aside? Combat aside, you can't pick, like, it's not like, oh, I like this character because they have great abilities in combat. Right. Like, who gives who gives a shit? Who, who, who is your favorite of the characters? And I'm not talking about, like, you you need to kind of extract any other versions of those characters that exist in the movies or in the t- in the TV shows or in comics. Just, I mean, of the midnight sun's versions of those characters, who's your, who's your favorite and who's, who's, uh, who's the, the worst. Well, I think, I think my favorite is Captain Marvel. I, I feel like, um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. She, so she, Obviously, she's as a part of the MCU, uh, and I I do like uh, Brie Larson's um, Captain I Marvel told in the you MCU as well. That doesn't count. No, I know it doesn't count. You know, let me finish my thought here. That All coffee right. is not done, by the way. It's still good. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that, like in the game, she is like part of the Avengers, but also like understands what the uh what the midnight suns are going through and also um all of her stuff with blade also made uh made her character really really interesting like all of her lines are really well delivered like um all of her interactions with the characters are really good she uh she's not a a snob like Doctor Strange or Iron Man when it comes to working with the midnight suns so like she's she's my favorite by far um most annoying uh gosh like ah man most annoying i don't know that's hard to say i i i hate to be negative right but like if i had to pick one um god it's been a while too like now i'm stalling I, i i feel like one of the either nico or um uh uh what was the other lady's name magic magic uh, I, I liked magic. I mean, you know what? I just, I changed my mind. My The most annoying character is the caretaker. 100%. Yes. I was gonna. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I just remembered I, it's been a while since I, I played it, but yeah, she's I know annoying. I, I was waiting for you to, uh, to, to finish when I was going to be like, for me, no question. It's caretaker. Now, yeah. for those of you who haven't played Marvel midnight Suns, caretaker is like the uh, you know i didn't know her i guess she's a character in the comics as well but she essentially serves the professor x type role in this place she oversees the you know the everything she's not exactly the leader of the team like if you're cyclops and the x-men sort of like the leader even though cap's there i don't know why you're the leader but whatever you're the leader um she is the the sort of mentor overseeing figure she has an opinion on everything and she is like like this is really not to insult my mother who i love dearly but she is like the absolute worst attributes of my mother amplified to a million um and uh and and like talking to her every time drives me nuts i want to like sometimes put my fist through the screen i'm just like oh shut up caretaker honestly at this point if i could join the evil lilith or whatever and fight caretaker i think that that's what i would want to do the other character though that rivals her for annoyance is tony stark uh i find him absolutely unbearable and this is this is the thing it's like um you know robert downey jr's portrayal of tony stark is iconic uh, in many ways uh i would say though that if even the robert downey jr version of tony stark 
he is really fun in bits and bobs and movies and stuff. But if you had to hang out with him all the time, you would want to kill him. And um, that is the same with the Tony Stark in this game. He is like selfish, does not want to work with the others, always thinks he knows best, is making like quip, 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 but not in an adorable Spider-Man way, in a really forced, I think I'm amazing way. At one point, I just want to be like, like, and he's working with Doctor Strange all the time. Like they work in this one area together. And so they're constantly bickering and bickering is annoying in general. Um, it sounds like I'm down on this game. I love this game, but it, you know, the bickering is part of, part of it. And Doctor Strange, yes, he's a bit of a blowhard, blah, everybody kind of knows it, but, but I found Tony was like downright mean to him sometimes. And like in the scene, I just finished playing Dr. Strange went outside and, and, uh, and I think it's Blade or, or Wolverine that's like, just punch this bag. And he's punching, he's like pretending <laughs> he's punching a box. Dr. Strange is fighting a boxing, punching a boxing bag and pretending it's Tony Stark. I'm like, I don't blame you, man. I would like to punch that and pretend it's Tony Stark. He's so annoying. And the other thing is like, he doesn't care about, wanda uh the the scarlet witch or anything like this uh he just cares about his tech and his rivalry with another character who's who i won't mention because it's a spoiler uh but yeah so like he's he's obnoxious as well in terms of characters that i really like though uh like honestly i i you know i Spider-Man is one of my favorites. Um, and uh, he was before, and I think they did a really good job with him here. But that said, he does feel very ancillary to the overall goings-on. He's kind of like, wouldn't it be cool to have Spider-Man in this game? He His reactions to things and some of his some of his stuff is is really fun but he just seems like a nice guy that wants to play nice with any everyone. He seems like as you like Captain Marvel, like he is like he is like Captain Marvel plays nice with everyone. Like if you were actually building a team of people, it's funny that both Captain Marvel, uh, well, more Spider-Man than Captain Marvel are known as solo heroes. Because when you look at these personalities and you're like, which one should be on a team and which one should operate alone? Like the ones that, that are on teams are often the ones that you're like, no, Iron Man should operate alone and Spider-Man should be on a team, you know, like, uh, but but there, I you know Wolverine's introduced fairly late. I he's fine, like he's Wolverine, but he's kind of bo like kind of boring. I actually really like Cap in this. Mm -hmm. I think they did a good job with Captain America. Um, he's uh, again, he's not. He's very passive. He seems to be obsessed with looking at Doctor Strange's cape uh, in his in in the in like which is like he's just in between missions. All the characters are walking around doing different things, but often it's boring stuff uh but in the com in combat he's he's good as well because in combat like i like tony stark in combat you know he's like i like his mechanics i like the way that he plays just out of combat he's really annoying but he's not annoying his caretaker she is the worst yeah yeah no i think caretaker is is definitely the worst and she does um not improve <laughs> throughout the game uh you know no spoilers whatsoever but I don't think she she does not even man even it's like right at the very end of the game probably when she's like you know what no like you're right this is all gonna work out and you're and you're and you're correct and I should have trusted you from the beginning. But she's apologized to me like five times already. Oh yeah, she'll do that. Yeah, you know, 
And, and Tony Stark is the same. He always makes like similar mistakes and then comes back and is like, oh, you know, you know, you're right, Chief, about this. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, my God. Just learn once, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so uh, that's the thing, too, because of the elongated time and because of all these hero stuff, because of all of this stuff, a lot of these characters deal with their same issues and it gets old. Like Robbie Reyes, who's Ghost Rider, has like an inferiority complex where he's like, he, you know, there's all these big heroes and he feels like a little hero, whatever. Uh, but it gets old very quickly and you're just like, okay, Robbie, I'm sick of pumping up your ego, you know, like it's, it's all right, you know, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, at the same point, it, they feel like real people. Like I'm annoyed with them because they seem real, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, um, that's what's so clever about it. So all of the writing, the story is good. Like it's very comic booky, but it unfolds slowly. And then the the in between bits are good. The combat is is good and stuff. And uh, yeah, and it's funny because like at one point, Ryan, I would just as a Spider Holic when I got Spider Man, I used him all the time. Like. All the time I was using Spider-Man. And now, as I get to know the different characters, I'm just like, oh, you know, like I often sit Spider-Man because I understand what his his weaknesses are. And so, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, he does. I need a strong damage dealer here. And I need, uh, you know, like I need a... I need a support character and I need like, like I start thinking and, and there's so many, you can only have three in a fight at any given time. And it's often if it's a story mission, you're, you have to have the main character as well, who is very powerful. It's not a huge burden, but it means you only get to choose two others. Um, and so I, I always find myself torn. I'm like, who am I going to take? Like, has, have I taken this? You know, I feel bad when I haven't taken someone for some time. I'm like, Oh, it's been a while since I, I had Ghost Rider. I better better take him this time or whatever. Uh, he's gonna start whining. But uh, but yeah, game is game is awesome. Um, really, really cannot recommend it higher. Uh, you know more highly. It's 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 really fun. If you're put off by stuff like the card nature of the play, because the way it works, and and Ryan did a good job explaining in a previous episode, as well as on the Gamers End. I won't rehash it too much, but it's like. You know, like you're having these combat encounters a la XCOM where like you have these superheroes against this Hydra faction and sometimes there's even supervillains. And then then you draw cards and you can you can do moves based on those cards you have and you can upgrade those cards. Even if you don't like card games, I tell you, it you can still move your guys around the air and there's stuff that you can do beyond using the cards you can interact with the environment you can do you can push people you can do all sorts of neat stuff but it all comes together in a in a way that i i'm probably not doing justice to explain but it's just very very satisfying and very very fun to play so yeah marvel midnight suns wow great great game mm -hmm. agreed and uh for those wondering both Crawford and i have not uh engaged with some Morbin time. We do not have the DLC. I think we did talk about it at the top of the this segment, but uh, I'm tempted to get the DLC. And the nice thing about the DLC is it has gone on sale as a season pass, uh, but it's still quite expensive. I think it's regular price, like $70 Canadian, which is probably more than what you paid for the, for yeah. the base game. 
Um, but I, yeah. I mean, they have a lot of goodwill to it. Like, it, you know, I want yeah. there to be more Midnight Suns, and I don't get the impression this game sold particularly well. Uh, and I, I'm saddened. Like, I would love there to be more of this type of game. I would love there to be more of this series. Uh, you know, so I mean, if supporting it is buying that DLC, like maybe the thing that's tricky is I looked about the DLC, Ryan. It's all these different packs, right? But they they're not like you finish the game and then you do the DLC. They're, they they happen at certain story beats. Like the Venom DLC is it happens at like at the end of Act One. Um, you you know, and so I would just say that like if you're thinking about picking up this game and you're like confident that you're going to like it, or you try to demo and you're like, wow, this is great. I would get the DLC right off because it'll weave into the game as you play it. Cause I'm going to come into this situation where I'm going to finish this game and then like, I'll get the DLC and I'll either have to start a new game or do something weird and go back and play it. Or it's all going to be weirdly dated, you know, cause it happens. It happens at weird times in the story like uh the times that make sense honestly like uh i understand knowing what happens with venom now i understand how the venom dlc would work i just i'm past that point in the story so yeah uh, so you know if you so when you finish the game um it boots you back previous to the final mission and so you don't need to start a new game you'll be able to access the dlc there and, and currently uh deadpool morbius and uh venom as you said are available and then storm is still to be released although mind you with the with the the cadence they've had they've got the first three out in the first three months since release the game came out started december so we're four months in uh i could see storm coming probably um may maybe late april uh probably may so like i think the dlc you're absolutely right though like i think that purchasing the dlc is a great way to support this game it's nice to see Firaxis sort of expanding out of civilization and XCOM um the director behind XCOM and, and also this one uh, has unfortunately uh moved on to other projects he actually left uh Firaxis to start his own his own company um that doesn't mean we won't get more XCOM or Marvel Midnight Suns but you're right like I don't think this one sold as well as folks were hoping um but yeah, like uh, it's I'll say it, it sets up a it sets up an interesting uh, sequel. Like, you know, obviously there's there's more there's always more stories to be told in the Marvel Universe. So it shouldn't be a spoiler to say, like, yeah, I guess what? Like they could they they can probably run with this one and do a sequel, you know, and um, but yeah, like the DLC is not post game. My favorite kind of DLC is post game. I, I much prefer that idea. Um, I know like not every game structures itself in a way to, to support post game DLC. Um, sometimes it can feel like when you do post game DLC, depending on how the game ends, it might feel like you're, you're, you're cheapening the experience by like, Oh, but there's a one more chapter, you know, we, we need to tell, but like depending on the game, like, um, you know, as long as the characters are all intact and the world's intact, like it should be fine to do a post game. Um, but yeah, with this one, they've decided not to. I sometimes find too, it's like when you finish, you roll credits in the game. I don't know about you, but like, it's like you mentally, I, I mentally check out at often at that point. If there's something 
if it boots you right back into the world and you're in and there's something that makes sense and like you can explore the world after i often love that if they've added a couple of things but often i'll just as soon as the content's done or the the stuff's done i'm i'm like okay i'm ready to move on i feel the same will be true of this game um which is that when i you know when i when i finish it i will i will be done it but uh but yeah, anyway, uh, it, it is. I'm sure I will have more to say. Uh, I expect that next time we record the show, I may be done the game, and we can. I can do. We can do maybe a little bit post mortem of spoilery talk. I stayed away from the story, other than talking about my favorite BFFs and worst BFFs. Screw you, caretaker. Uh, let's go down and uh, change some diapers, Ryan, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I recognize that uh, I knew this would be a full full show, and uh, we we've, we've got some stuff. I would like I'll talk uh, briefly about Mexico. Um, this was like like I know I've been open on the show before about about my wife and her health issues and and some of the stuff we've struggled through, and she's you know like she still has a fair amount of pain, and you know it's been wearing on her. Um, and both my wife and I are very indecisive people, like in terms of what are we going to do this weekend? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, and, um, I, I, you know, it, it, I, I think it makes, it makes it challenging to even plan vacations. And we had contacted a travel agent in November looking at sort of prices for March break and to go down South. We sort of knew that winter wears on us particularly her and, uh, you know, uh, we never pulled the trigger. We just were like, oh, I don't know, money, blah, blah, blah. Arcade machines are awesome. Uh, you know, all of that sort of sort of stuff that would make you put off going down south. But then a week before we left, I made the decision, like looking at the kids, looking at my wife, looking at where I was at. And was like, no, you know what? We're going to be poor for a while. We're going to go down. We're going to go down south um, if we can find a good deal. And we did. And we bought like a week before we left, um, and we we uh, we went we went down to the Mayan Riviera, which I've been been to a few times, which is around Can- Cancun, um, and uh, and it was a lazy vacation. We went to an all inclusive, uh, which which are like all the food and all the drink. If you've never been to an all inclusive. You know, you got to be careful not to get like a crazy party one. This was like more of a family focused one, although there was a fair share of people that were crazy partiers, but luckily we were not necessarily around them. We weren't in the family club. We were in this some other club type thing um, inside the resort that was great, um, had its own pool and the kids loved that. So we weren't in the, you know, big pool with the crazies. Um and it was just a really good time. We did a couple of like excursions out. Gwen did her first snorkeling. I taught her how to snorkel and she saw some fish and was really excited. We swam in the ocean, uh, which is great. Um, it's always fun. Uh, we There's a lot of unlucky things that happened. My wife and I said at one point thought our trip was cursed. We had so many like uh, just unlucky things that kept happening to us. But in the end, you know, looking back over it all, we just had a really, really good time. And then we came back, our flight out, both our flight there, our flight there involved like getting up three in the morning to to catch a six o'clock flight from Ottawa. And and our flight back involved leaving um, 
at like 9 p.m. and getting in at like 1.30 in the morning. Uh, and so both of those were suboptimal for young kids. Um, and we uh, we were hemming and hawing. That was one of the big decision points. Like, oh, shit, should we do this? Oh, it's going to be so painful. Um, but we did it. And uh, and it was good. And we saw like a bunch of animals, uh, monkeys on the resort, uh, which were really fun. Um, and, uh, and the girls had a great time and yeah, like I, it's funny cause we did a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, shopping, uh, we went to this sort of outdoor water, uh, park called Shellha, which is, is really great. A lot of great, great stuff, but, uh, but you know, uh, I, I guess I would say to folks who are considering, like, there's a lot there for listeners in terms of like, are, if you're considering red eyes, uh, with your kids, uh, like which are nighttime flights, just like your kids are more resilient than you think. And it's not going to, it's likely you might have a bad day, but then it's going to be good from then on. It's not a reason not to do the trip. I totally recommend doing, uh, uh, you know, doing it. And, uh, I mean, like money is, is money. If you can afford it, great. Um, if you can't, you can't, but I will say that like, I think one thing my wife said to me that that resonated when we pulled the trigger on the trip was essentially like we only have, you know, it, 10 more of these or like Gwen will be 18 in 10 years, right? Like we only have X amount of these before she's older and in a way and like you, you have to if we were we were going to forego a trip this year and uh and i'm glad that we didn't you know like me more memories and all of that sort of stuff so if you're on the fence i'd say just do it uh and uh you know bearing bearing in mind if you can if you can afford to do it or if you want to do it or whatever but those memories are are, are totally mm -hmm. totally priceless i already have some 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 things that I'm going to remember uh, for a long time. So yeah, great, great trip. Wow, that's awesome. And it's funny. Uh, I was I saw your Facebook uh, photos you posted, and I was like, that beach looks familiar. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's probably just all, all those beaches from a certain angle look the same. And then I saw the staircase that you guys were walking down. I was like, okay, no, I that looks familiar. And then I looked at the tag of where you were. And I was like, oh, my God, like I was there nine years ago for um, my uh, my my best friend's wedding. He got married at that resort. So the only time I ever left, um, you know, uh, not the country. I've, I've been to the States a couple of times. But uh, first time on a plane was was going to to Mexico um, to that um, resort in particular. I did. I did. I went to that exact resort and I lied. That's not the first time I've been on a plane. Second time, uh, maybe. I'm trying to remember my years. They're all messed up, but I definitely did fly to Mexico and I definitely did go to the resort. Cause I asked Ashley, I was like, okay, am I crazy? This looks familiar. And then do you remember the resort we went to? And she's like, yep, that's the one. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's resorts in Mexico and I think it was, it's, it's one of the better ones. Like, I don't know anything about travel. I didn't even pick that one. <laughs> it was a, it was a destination wedding. So it was nice. It was picked for me. And I, I will say like, and I'm cognizant of this because my brother is an a avid world traveler for skiing and just different things. He's, um, my, there's a difference between traveling and vacationing. And, uh, and, and this was a, this was absolutely a vacation. 
uh, we were, we, you know, we went there. It's very, you know, we get picked up at the airport. It's easy peasy. You go to the resort. You either stay on the resort or we went into town and we did a couple of other things. But like everything is catered to you. You know, it's very luxurious in that sense. There's obviously ethical questions with all inclusives and different things like that. And uh, I don't shy away from them. In fact, we did a good, bad or bullshit episode about all inclusives. Um, and uh, but but that said, like, I mean, our, it, it's it's great it, uh, for families in terms of the experience that we had. And uh, I, I think like for us, it was a. It was very much like a vacation trip. We spent a lot of time lounging around the pool, a lot of time lounging on the beach. I mean, that's what we wanted. We wanted, we all got sunburns at different points. You know, it was, was, was really good, but it, it is always funny when recapping these things, Ryan, because you're like, um, you know, like one day I'll be like, I went to Park o uh, Dungeons and Diapers episode. I went to Park Omega, which is like a day trip that we did in Canada. And I'll talk about it and I'll be like, hey, it was cool. And we did this and we did that. And you're much more likely to go into the granularity of it. But when you go away for a week to another country, like you're not going to, you can list all the things you did, all the excursions you did, the dolphins you saw or the sea turtles or the whatever. And it's all very, it's it's not very great, but at a certain at a certain point, it's like it's too much, you know. And so, like, I'm like, I, I recap it, and be like, well, we had a nice relaxing vacation, and you guys, you know, uh, if if people are considering it, they should they should do similar things. But it is uh, it is it is challenging to recap like big big things like that. I just know that my family regularly went for March break around that time vacations, often to Florida. And uh, I have extremely fond memories of those vacations. And so I, you know, I, I'd like to keep them going as much as that we're able to. Yeah. We, um, we haven't done a lot of like big trips uh, with the kids, but you, you absolutely make uh, a good point and, and your wife does as well. And that obviously you've got, uh, a limited amount of time uh, in the sense before your your kids get older and then they want to go and do their own trips or, or, or maybe don't want to go on a trip at all. I don't know. Um, but it, when we were kids, we, we didn't, um, we didn't do a lot of trips. Uh, they were always centered around something. So like you said, it was, it was not really a vacation. It was more a travel. And it's like, well, let's make a vacation of this travel. You know, uh, like my younger brother played basketball. So we'd often have like tournaments and we're like well let's stay an extended amount of time wherever the tournament is and and uh we'll see some family and stuff but like our vacation trips were more like camping and 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 whatnot and and we we do that with the kids here too but like i think that you know this year it didn't work out but i know ashley and i've been thinking of of planning some travel and and um i know we want to go to we want we would like to, we would love to do disney we would love to do um universal you know down in florida uh i don't know if that's in the cards you know next year or the year after that but it's definitely something we want to we want to do it at some point um but like caden is caden and abby we have canada's wonderland here not too far like just outside of toronto and they went last year and they loved it so they want to go back again and my oldest brother has like a he buys like a season pass so he's like you know, if if you don't want to go three times in the summer, like I'll take them once or twice. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, you know, I, we didn't really go there very often. I remember going once or twice. And I think once was for like a, I think it was for some sort of, uh, in my mind, it was like something to do with my dad's work. 
it was like an appreciation weekend or something anyways it's so we, we we are still sticking close to home like we haven't done any like big travel although i know the kids would they really do want to do like a, an excursion do like a hotel excursion go somewhere and and i think uh I, I don't think that's in the cards this year, but um, we are planning a trip to uh, the Ripley's Aquarium again. We haven't gone since um, pre-COVID. Actually, we went in March. <laughs> we went in March of 2020, start of March 2020, uh, right before uh, you know everything shut down. Um, but Isabel, we're thinking of going for Isabel's birthday uh, in April at some point. Oh, so. you, to- you totally should. I will say though that like and this is this is the thing um that I've noticed and I think everybody who has a kid or has seen a kid can can relate to is the the idea that when kids go somewhere it becomes a real place um a, a place that they've been and that they've experienced and that they will want to go back to. So for instance when we were talking to our kids about, you know, Hey, we're maybe going to go to vacation. And, you know, I wanted particularly to go to Mexico. They were like, we want to go back to, we want to go to the Dominican Republic, which is where we went last year. That's because they loved it. They had a great time. Did they have a great time in Mexico? Yes. They also now had a great time in Mexico. So next time I say, Hey, where do you want to go? Well, now they're going to say one of two places, right? But they're never going to say the new place. They're never going to be like, I want to go someplace new. They've already asked to go back to Storyland, which is the the place we went last summer, the amusement park. They have fond memories of it, right? If I said, do you want to go to Disneyland or do you want to go to Storyland? They'd probably say Storyland because they've been there and they know that they loved it, right? So that's the thing same with the aquarium you know your kids even though it's been a couple of years they've been there they know it they love it they think fondly of it returning places with kids is super fun and then when you find a place that you go back to like maybe year in year out that's what my family did they always went down to coco beach in florida and every time Every year, March break, I knew we were going to Cocoa Beach. I would look forward to going to Cocoa Beach. I had things that I was familiar with and so forth. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, like I, I totally, I totally uh, get it. And for me, it's vacationing with kids. It's kind of what you want to do. I know my brother, he, d- he does traveling with his daughter, which is that he'll bring her on excur- like excursions and things. And she'll be sitting on his shoulders and, and that and I, I like doing that sort of stuff too within reason. But I like I like the vacationing. I like being comfortable. I don't like coming back tired and needing a vacation from the vacation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're um we're we've been doing a lot. Like I, I've even noticed that so, you know, over March break we went to uh the Toronto Zoo again and we did buy like a like a, a year pass and, and we are starting to I think we're at the point now where we've definitely gone over it's its value and it and it is it is an e and we've talked about it a couple times in the show so I won't go into too much detail but like it's the point of like we were actually just there a month ago and I know I brought it up on the show but the kids like you said there's this this something about returning to a place yeah they get they get that ex, that excitement and they and it's they infectious. know what to expect yeah it, exactly. yeah it is infectious you're yeah. right so they're like just feeding off of each other whereas me I'm, I'm you know Ashley's like well why don't you just why don't you put the, the, I'm like, I was dragging the wagon. So I was bringing all the stuff and she's like, why don't you just set it to the side and then we'll go up this way. And I'm like, Hey man, that's good. I've been here a couple times. Like I know the path, like I'll meet you on the other side. Like I'll take the kids, you know, to the next exhibit, you know, I'll help the kids, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do lunch or something, but like, I'm, I'm good to just 
let the kids have fun and and be there with them as they have fun. And, and my, my parents were there as well. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm not missing anything, but I I'm, I'm seeing the kids just have such a great time. And we, and, but it was cool because we, it, it is such a big spot and it's hard to know what's open in the winter. But even, even that month, we kind of went off uh, in a different direction and we found this, uh, I think it was like, well, it was the otters, but it's like the, it was like the North American pavilion but it was all like it was like a lot of birds and fish and stuff and it was all this like this whole underground uh exhibit and 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 stuff so you had to like go into a building and and a lot of those buildings are very um they're very concrete like there's just a lot of concrete so it's hard to tell what's like a service building for like the zookeepers and stuff and what's like exhibits so we we've went into there and it's all like wheelchair accessible like stroller accessible so like i was able to like bring the wagon right in which was nice because like it's got all of our stuff in it like lunch and and we don't we don't buy from the from the restaurants on site we were allowed to bring your own lunch in use the picnic tables which is nice keeps things inexpensive so like our trip was basically it was zero dollars well, it was gas, basically. That's what we had to pay because we already had the- Zero dollars. Pr- it was gas. And you have to count gas, especially these days because it's so damn expensive. But like we brought our own lunch. We had the passes and the kids had a blast and we got to see some new stuff because again, like it's a big, it's a big location and it's hard to do the whole thing in one day. So- Do the kids want you to buy stuff? Like, is there stuff there that they're like, oh, buy me that? Um, Yeah, I mean, like there's this, so they have a- um. They have like a merry-go-round in the sort of opening section, yeah. and it's it's like a ticket to to go on. But like we we did it last time, and they liked it, and then this time they didn't ask for it. But like there's a Tim Hortons right at the entrance, and obviously they want Timbits. So I went in there, and and even there, like I I was like, oh, can I pay with my gift card? It's like, well, if you give us the account number, we can charge it to your gift card. So I didn't that didn't even cost me. I had like a gift card from from Christmas, so I was like. As again, just the gas that all costs. But yeah, the kids are pretty easy going. Like not a lot of the stuff is open. They'll ask for those like giant lollipops, those like comically large lollipops. Like the kids won't even know what to do yeah. with them. Yeah, I, I know what you. Yeah, it's uh, it like they're five bucks a pop. So I know what'll happen with with my twenty dollars that would I'd spend on the lollipops. They'd go in the garbage because oh, it's too sticky. It's all over my face. This is yeah, a huge I know. mistake. Sometimes you have to be the adult in the room, literally and figuratively. Yeah, no. So I bought myself one of those giant lollipops, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, "I'm going to test this out, and if it but works this- out, then I'll let you know." No, I'm joking. I'm um, going to eat this in your face. See, I don't buy the ten dollar beer; they don't get the six dollar lollipop. It's fair, okay? It's fair. Uh, so I had a tuna sandwich, and I was happy with it, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, at the zoo that was our that was the one excursion i didn't i didn't uh take the week off i took but i did take that day off obviously to, to go to the zoo um and had a great time with with the family and like izzy and abby and Caden, they all love animals so like they were just over the moon to to see all the animals and um yeah we'll probably go back again probably in a in a couple months uh closer to the summer I think we're going to, we're going to give it some time, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had a, we had a really good time at, at uh, at the Toronto zoo again. Listen to Mr. Schilling for the zoo. I'm starting to think that we're getting some sort of money that you're we're not, not splitting. No. You're not splitting with me. You're just sitting on that sweet, sweet Toronto zoo sponsorship money. Um, 
I, I, the only other thing I have is, uh, is so, and I know that like JK Rowling is, uh, obviously got major issues right now. The whole being a crazy transphobe thing. Um, but I actually really like the Harry Potter books, uh, which is a, a thing I think a lot of people are, are dealing with and I have owned them before. So it's not like I'm throwing new money at her. But uh, I've been one of the things since, you know, since having kids, I've always been sort of excited about when they'd be old enough to read Harry Potter. And Gwen is now eight. And I thought that this would be something that she would be interested in. She's not being interested because the guy's name is Harry Potter, not Harriet Potter. And she's a girl. Uh, there's nothing about Harry Potter that seems appealing to her. I totally get it. So, like, I had to sell her on it a bit. Um and so I read out loud to her the very first Harry Potter book over the past few weeks. Um, you know, we would read like a chapter uh, a day or whatever. And she would ask for the chat. She would like, instead of wanting to go on a tablet or watch a show, she would say to me, like, can you read me a chapter? Because she knew that we couldn't just do it at bedtime, that they're too long, you know, that she would have to devote some of her actual like after school time. Like I'd be done work. We'd have supper. And then she'd be like, can you read me a chapter of Harry Potter? And, and I would, uh, and I read the entire first book, to her, uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone if you're in the States. And um, it, it's just funny because that book is an awesome uh, kids book. Like it does so much great work. And I know that Harry Potter gets blown up and expanded and there's all these huge books and there's all this background stuff and details and all this. Um, and, 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 you know, there's podcasts dissecting the world of Harry Potter and saying, oh, you can see J.K. Rowling was a, has issues based on this or that or the other thing. And maybe, but I will tell you this, the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is a banger of a kid's book. It does a great job. Uh, and, uh, and the other thing I will say is that I really like, uh, reading like a chapter book to my daughter, like a, a book that I've seen the movies of and stuff like that, because I do all the voices. I do like, vo like I do Hagrid, ha you know, Hagrid's, oh, you're a wizard, Ari. You know, like I I do all all these sort of voices. And um, it is funny because like Jess was like, oh, I could read you a chapter one time. And my, Gwen was like, no, no, it's it's okay. I, I'll, I'll wait for dad. And uh she was like, oh, no, but I, I can read, too. And she's like, no, I, I just – I like the way dad does it. And, I, can, I and you know, like I do like reading and like putting putting a, a bunch of accents on the characters. And it helps that I've seen them in the films and whatever. Like the way I, I read, I do Malfoy um, or or the way I do Hermione or Ron or, or, or Hagrid or Snape, any of their voices. Like, uh, you know, I, I have a sense of who they are as characters, and it is very, very fun to do a live reading of it. It's a little bit like theater for your daughter sort of deal. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I haven't read a book where I've been like that, so, such a showman, I think, is uh, as the Harry Potter books. And they all, you know, the, the first book, every chapter into the cliffhanger and I can just see it just wrecking Gwen each time the cliffhanger. And I'm like, and then, but that nothing could, exp uh, 
could prepare him for who was waiting at the door. And then, well, that's it. You know, and I, I and I clo- closed the book. And I was like, no, no, you got to read the first page. Oh, come on. You got to read it. Uh, and um, and uh, it is really, really fun. So I, I love that whole experience. Um, and, you know, she is getting good at reading. And I, I think that it's very possible that at one point, you know, she's not going to want this anymore. And this is a very small window. I have a reading these more interesting books and doing all the voices and all of that. So I'm trying again to enjoy it. Like she's eight years old. She's moving ahead on the reading. Like who knows when she's 10, she may just be like killing books and not need, not need me anymore, you know? So I, I'm enjoying it while, while I can. And now we're into Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is the second book. And it is very good as well, but it's it's notable how good that first book is, that it does all the world building, all the heavy lifting, all of that sort of stuff gets you really immersed and also tells a really good story in its own uh, right. Whereas in the second book, you know, the beginning is okay. It's it, There's still a lot of world building and a lot of stuff, but it's a little more meandery than the first book, which is just like a, a really, really strong one. So even if you're not going to read the entire Harry Potter series, you don't want to. If, if you have the first book kicking around, which a lot of people do, still holds up pretty well. I don't think reading it to your kid is going to turn anybody into a transphobe. Although I wouldn't throw any new money at J.K. Rowling if you can avoid it. Yeah, we uh, we we picked the we've picked the first one up uh, at the library. And we and we started to read it with with uh, with Caden. I think there was a, a struggle twofold and one being he already watched the movie. So he was immediately bored. Uh, so I regret. Yeah, that's a, that. that's a, we, we totally, I made sure that she would not see the movie until the, the yeah. book was read. Yeah. And, and honestly for me, like it's not usually a problem for me personally. Uh, although, you know, name a movie that's based on a book uh, that I, that I, <laughs> that I watched the movie and then went around and want, and, and read the book. So uh, maybe, maybe don't ask that. But um, the other, the other, uh, the other side of it was like, I think we, anytime we had, anytime we have time to read, like it is, I find our house is just, it's, it's very noisy, you know? Yeah. It's and a madhouse. You've got two other kids. Cause like for busy. me, when I'm reading for Gwen now, like, and she makes this time for it, well, then you know that means that Clara and Gwen uh, and Jess are together. But when you have two other kids, I mean, like the other parent would have to take the two kids if you're only reading something that's appropriate or of interest to one. It is a it is a big challenge. Yeah. So I think that it it, it was just it was one of those things where I don't, I don't think it worked out. But but Caden's. Um, he's he's still very interested in in reading although mind you i've noticed this with him where he's very much uh he he loves to uh and the teachers flag this as well for us is that like he loves to to master something in his own mind and then move on to the next thing and if he can't master that thing like right away he he's like no i'm done it's dead to me you know so like he's been reading less after reading a bunch and we did get him back into reading, like I talked about last episode, like switching over to, to graphic novels and comic books. And he did enjoy that. And now he is back to, um, he had the, there's a series that I guess Ashley read as a, as a kid called the, um, I think it's like the magic Treehouse series. And we ordered, we ordered, we could only order. Um, no, we ordered books one through four. And then we found out my mother-in-law bought books one through four. So we ended up returning it. And then getting five through 
8, but we gave him 5 through 8 first, and the birthday dinner where he was going to get 1 through 4 was later. So he ended up reading all of 5 through 8 on, on his own, and then like months later, it's like, hey, buddy, are you going to read the books Grandma gave you? Uh, and he's like, yeah, I guess so. So like he's been reading those, but like lately his thing that he's latched onto uh, is is bike riding. So obviously all the kids have been riding bikes with uh, it's starting to get warmer as well. Uh, the sidewalks are clear. It's it's no longer a hazard to go for a walk as as it normally is in a Canadian winter. But uh, he wanted to get his training wheels off. He wanted to try it again uh, because he tried it last year and it did not work. in, in typical fashion, he's like, no, nah, not doing it not ready let's let's get those training wheels back on and and he wasn't ready but this time around he wanted to try it again and ashley took the training wheels off and we noticed the same thing we notice a lot when when he struggles with something he gave it a couple tries it's scary it's wobbly like i get it 100 percent. riding the first time riding a bike without training wheels is 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 one of those memories that i think sticks with all of us uh and he he wanted to quit. He was like, no, I can't do it. Not ready. I'm done. And I'm like, and both Ashley and I are like, we noticed this thing. It's like, okay, buddy, like you are ready. Um, let's give it a couple more tries. Like, don't give up after the first couple goes. Like, let's try it again. So we tried again. He's wobbly. He's kind of falling off the sidewalk and and veering over into the in onto the shoulders. Like we have a very wide shoulders here on our street. It's not too busy. Well, people drive too dang fast, uh, but it's safe enough. And um, he wanted to quit again. We're like, no, okay, give it a couple more shots. And then that night, like same, within the same hour, we finally get him to try it again, try it again. And then he's like, starts to get it. And then his brain like latches onto it. And he's like, oh, he's nice. getting it. He's getting it. He's getting it. And then like not a day later, he's like, well, let's go for a bike ride. Let's go for a bike ride. And he's out there and he's, he's doing, he's bike riding that he, like with no training wheels um so like how old is he he's uh he's seven so he just turned yeah. seven so i mean he's yeah. right, i think he's right around that age where oh, no he, he is i he is i mean like when is you know we're, we're prepping her she's she's like she's eight and she's huge for an eight-year-old like in terms of height and stuff and i mean she's still not th- not there yet and, and and nervous and she's too heavy for training wheels now like in terms of weight and size so it's like it's one of these situations where uh, she was on a trailer bike and, and um, now she's, I'm not going to be able to have her on the trailer bike. So we're going to have to, Jesse's talking about like looking at a double bike where, you know, a family bike where somebody can sit in the front and the back. It could be Jess and me, or it could be somebody and Gwen, but, but I really would like to get Gwen to, um, to that next stage there uh, that Caden's at. It's really fun to watch it just click, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it will for Clara. I can already tell she was on, out on her tricycle on the street today and her scooter. Like, I, I hear what you're saying about the spring stuff. But, man, uh, it it is uh, – it's still, like, I think snow is still in the forecast and we're not out of the woods yet. But, like, I am looking forward – to, I think, you know, going to Mexico and being like, oh, it's summer, and then coming back here and being like, oh, wait, no, it's not, uh, is uh, <laughs> ma- ma- makes me just want to, you know, get to it. But we're almost we're almost there. It, we're, we're certainly getting there, and I think, like, we've got rain in the forecast and we've got winter, so it's still very much a Canadian spring. Um, but, uh, you know, and I think uh, Abby also noticed Caden – taking the training wheels off. So like that night, she's like, she was adamant. She wanted the training wheels off and we say, like, okay, we'll try it. 
So we took the training wheels off. She she did not last long. Although she like, immediately crashed into a wall, and yeah, then, then she, we went to the hospital. No, just very wobbly, you know. And and I get that that you know losing your balance is not fun, and uh, falling is not fun. And we tried it a bit, and I think for the most part, I had to really just hold on to her as she was going. And and I I think she was she was finding the fun, but it was still she was still a little worried. And we said no, it's fine. Like put the training wheels back on. Like you'll know when you're ready. And we'll know when you're giving up too soon. In this case, it's like you need a little bit more time. Um, so, yeah, like, but it is it is fun to see. So, like, Caden's asking, you know, oh, I want to. So we got him a bike lock. It's like, oh, I want to, I want to bike to the corner store. I want to bike to the park. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we can we can do those things, but you you can't go by yourself. Like, you know, you're not moving out just because you you learn how to ride your bike without training wheels. Like, we let's take it slow, but we can certainly like ride ride your bike to the park and then you can use your little, you know, bike lock that you got to kind of like secure it to the bench if you want to, just to, to, you know, to have some fun with it. So like he's, uh, that that's his current sort of like obsession, um, is, is his, is his bike riding. So, uh, but like you said, we're going to enjoy it because again, like I, I think like all the kids really en- are enjoying their bikes. So we're going to get out there while the, uh, while the spring is, is springing so yeah well i i tell you ryan we got like bikes arcade machines midnight suns books we got you know harry potter and thursday murder clubs and crofton sides of core this is a pretty uh pretty loaded show we got something for everyone on this one i think um and what we don't have is any listener feedback so if you have feedback so if you want us to talk about stuff you want to hear about thoughts on anything that we talked today please send us some some emails email the show dad at tgistudios.com uh you can also visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad you can find all our old episodes there catch up on everything that we were uh we were talking about listen to the first book watch see how Ryan's progressed in real time. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Croft and Sears. You can find Ryan at R Murphy and the show itself has a Twitter account at DND cast. And you know what, Ryan, that is going to do it for an epically uh, big return to the dungeons and diapers. Uh, do you have any final words before I wrap it? Oh, uh, no. Uh, although, like, does this mark the end of... Uh, Book Watch 2023. Like, it, I, like I, I think it does, Ryan. You yeah. read two books. I, I'm no longer going to watch you. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll have to find something out. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get back to that one. We'll figure it out. That's right. It, it, but if ever you start neglecting your reading. I'll be <laughs> yes. back with book watch 2024, you know? Um, mm. All right. That is going to do it, everyone. Thank you so much. And send us your emails and uh, yeah. See you next time. Bye everybody. All right. Book watch 2023. I, sh- I shouldn't have given you that. I, uh, 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 what time is it? Skeptical face. It's a late. It's quarter after 11. That was like a two-hour podcast. Two-hour podcast. 